You open up a manhole, at the bottom of which, you open up a woman hole. At the bottom of which, you open up a door, that is actually a sandwich that you burned in your toaster oven last Wednesday. You take a bite out of that sandwich, and it tastes okay. It's only then you realize that it's not food in your mouth, but instead an actual witch made of sand, who has now sent you sideways into a half-dimensional plane for taking a bite out of her. The half-dimensional plane is one of those with no assigned seats, so you watch as half the passengers completely misinterpret the rules. You look to your left, and then you look to your right, and then you look to your left and your right again, and you realize that you're the only one in the plane, because people are practicing social distancing, even in the crepuscular light adjacency. I'm Luke Alexander, and I'll be guiding you through this alien realm. Some of the stories you hear will be long, some of them will be short, and all of them will be outlandishly bizarre, which in the crepuscular light adjacency means completely ordinary and unremarkable. Today, we'll be reading a short story titled, Invasion of the Vacuum Cleaners. Let us begin. Doug was a dog, which is slightly redundant to mention because every living entity in this universe was indeed a dog. Not just any normal dog, no, these were bipedal dogs, and they always wore suits. They essentially looked like humans wearing suits all the time, even in bed. This included shoes, the main difference being that instead of human heads, they had dog heads, which looked very funny puffing out from the small collars of their suits. There would often be rumples of fat and fluff overhanging over the collar, sometimes completely covering the ties of their suits. Of course, they were all used to this. This was business as usual. As every day before it, Doug woke up in his twin-size bed with his shoes on, his suit on, and not a wrinkle in sight. Beagle home, would you please play the jazz selection for me? As Doug spoke to his home assistant this morning, he realized that it was kind of funny that it was called Beagle Home because he was not in fact a beagle. And while it was sometimes difficult to tell what breed of dog one was due to their human-esque bodies and once again perpetual suits, Doug was unmistakably a chocolate lab with a bit of an overeating problem. Doug's Beagle Home put on the jazz selection. He found it quite pleasant, but not as pleasant as the rustling sound the big bag of dog food he pulled out of the cupboard made as he pulled it open with his opposable dog thumbs, scooped it out with a cup scoop, and poured it into the bowl that sat on his table. He then pranced around the room happily, 
panting, flopping his ears about, wagging his tail that was sticking out from his suit. And then he stopped. Sometimes Doug felt that something was missing here in this interaction between scoop of food and bowl and him, as if it might be nice if some immensely taller figure had gotten him the food itself out of the goodness of its heart and handed it to him. For some odd reason, Doug had these thoughts maybe once a month and they always unnerved him because it made more sense for him to be freaked out by the thought of some twicely large entity watching over him. But still, he found it quite comforting. Nevertheless, it was time to eat. Doug stuffed his nose in the bowl and with it his entire face and chomped down sloppily, getting slobber and bits of food everywhere. It was truly a breakfast of champions. He then gladly pulled his gaping jaws over to the bowl of water that he had sitting right next to the bowl of food and lapped it up readily. He thanked his lucky stars that his suit fabric was moisture wicking because he had gotten an awful lot of water on it and that would be embarrassing at his work otherwise. Doug noticed that he'd spilled a couple of crumbs on the floor. No bother, he just bent over and licked them right up. Good as new. He then decided to sniff around the rest of the floor in his home to ensure that there weren't any other crumbs laying around or maybe pieces of dirt or wood chips from the chair that he had been chewing on as of late. After all, he could always use a snack. Satisfied with the cleanliness of his home's floor, Doug proceeded out the door happily. He got in his small, self-driving car and immediately stuck his head out the window, tail wagging, getting slobber all over the car behind him. Of course, it didn't really matter because the dog in that car was doing the same, and the dog in front of Doug was doing that to his car. It was all very balanced. Doug arrived at his work site, a large national park. He met up with his boss, Fitz, a large English bulldog. They happily took turns sniffing each other's butts. Oh, lovely, lovely dog. I'm, I'm glad to smell that you've been eating well. Same to you, same to you, Fitz. Yes, yes, yes. Now, as for work today, here, look at this map. Fitz unrolled a laminated map, covered in dog prints. Okay, so see here, here, and here by these trees? Yes, yes, I see them. Okay, well, we have got at least three bloodhounds who swear that there are bones somewhere in those areas. Or at least one bone. And a really nice bone at that. And I think for today, your responsibility should be to dig 
Dig, dig, and dig. Dig like you have never digging before, Doug. I think the proper grammatical statement would have been dug before Doug. As, as in, you've never dug before Doug? Just saying. Look, I can't have you busting my synthetic balls over this. We've already got tons of dogs digging holes all over this park, and you've got to do your part. Okay, okay, Fitz, I'm sorry. I'll get right on that. After a long day of digging in the hot sun in his full suit, Doug padded back over to his car, covered in dirt. He hosed himself off with a complimentary hose and shook all over the place, getting moisture on a couple of other dogs. Of course, they had all just done the same to him, so once again... It was all very balanced, and not a big deal. Doug hopped back in his car, stuck his head out the window as it drove him back. He almost wished that instead of being driven by an electronic system, he was being driven by some sort of sentient entity. Once again, he had no idea why he desired this, or where it was coming from. It hurt a little bit. That evening, Doug reclined on his half-eaten sofa and chewed on the wooden legs of one of his favorite chairs. Maybe one day he would reach the end of this leg and move on to the next one, assuming the chair didn't topple over. Then again, he could always go for the cushions. Then again... He wasn't a puppy anymore, and cushions were child's play. Doug suddenly sat up and bristled. He could hear footsteps near the front door. He quickly scurried up, ran over to the front door, and barked with all of his might. Bark, 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 tail wagging. The doorbell rang as if they hadn't even heard him bark, which would make sense because all homes were specifically reinforced to dampen the sound of their owner's loud barks. Still, instead of opening the door, the sound of the bell ringing when he was not expecting anyone to come over got him set off on a barking spree, and he barked louder and louder and louder, until Doug remembered that, oh, he had to open the door, or the person, or thing. Monster, demon, would just keep standing there. Or, worse yet, they would leave, and he would never get to sniff them. When Doug opened the door, his barks went silent. His tongue did not hang from his mouth. Instead, he stood there and shivered. It was a slender electronic device with a bag attached to the front. 
It was almost as tall as him. Almost. There was a small note taped to it. Doug ripped the note off and squinted at it. It read, Hello. Enjoy your new vacuum cleaner. Signed, H. Period. Manning. Doug did not understand. What was a vacuum cleaner? Why did he need one? And why did this strange H. Manning character just decide to drop one at his doorstep anyway? Doug's tail wagged, but it was not the friendly kind of wag. It was the overexcited and slightly angry kind of wag. He then ripped the note up into a billion pieces in the flash of a couple of eyes. He accidentally inhaled a couple of bits into his windpipe and hacked loudly, and then spat it all over the ground. Immediately, the vacuum cleaner verred to life. A large green light emitted from the top and it slid forward and sucked up all of the little bits of the note. He could see them swirl around through a clear slit of the bag. Doug looked at the vacuum cleaner in horror and barked and barked again, but the horrible verring noise continued at the same volume, not even acknowledging him. And then, as quickly as it had turned on, it turned off. Okay, look, I don't know what you are or why you're here, but I'm really sad that you vacuumed that stuff up. Because I was going to snack on that for a while. I mean, I know that it'll make me constipated and it has no nutrients and it doesn't even taste good, but it's really fun to chew that stuff up. I was looking forward to that. It was going to be my dessert. No response from the vacuum. But Doug saw another note stuck near the bottom of the bag. He grabbed this one and almost forgot to read it before ripping it up with his mouth. Yet, he relented and did indeed read the note. It said, Don't worry. It's only here to help you. It being the vacuum. The vacuum is only here to make sure that you don't eat something that you shouldn't. The vacuum loves you. The vacuum is protecting you. Signed, H. Manning. Doug could not make any sense of this. It was a machine. How could it love him? It terrified him, and it wouldn't even play with him. 
He barked at it and tried to bow, signifying that the vacuum better own up to its shenanigans and start playing with him. Instead, the vacuum just flicked on and sucked up all of the bits of the second note. Doug was absolutely flummoxed. How on earth did this thing work, and why was it here? He didn't like it. He didn't trust it. He stormed out of his house and walked up to the neighbors, immediately lifting his leg to pee all over their lawn. He then remembered that he didn't have any poop bags in his suit pocket, which would be quite inconvenient if he needed to poop. After stopping to sniff and eat bits of garbage near the neighbor's dumpster, Doug approached their front door and barked, and then remembered that the bark probably wasn't enough, until he saw his neighbor shove her face up to the window and bark back angrily. She was a poodle, and he might have even had a little bit of a crush on her. The way her barks fogged up the window was like no other dog, or was it exactly like every other dog? Doug would have to get back to that one later. Her door opened. Why, hello, Doug. Hi, Dana. Um, I have a question. What, would would you like to sniff my butt in a completely platonic way? Yes, but that wasn't my question. I was wondering if you got a strange machine delivered to your door recently. Had a note on it saying it was a, a vacuum cleaner. Oh, yes, yes, the vacuum cleaner. Oh, I love mine. It's saved me so much time. Any of the dust that's just laying around the house or any of the wood chippings from the chairs I chew on or even just little crumbs that I drop, they all end up in the vacuum. And then if I really want to eat any of it, I can just open up the bag later and snack on that, you know, before I put it in the trash. Which, oh, trash night. Can't wait for that coming up soon. Ooh, I just love letting it simmer and simmer and simmer and then eating it all up. Isn't it just wonderful? Yes, I, I do love taking out the trash into my belly as well, Dana. It's absolutely delicious and truly a delicacy. But... I, I just can't help being scared of the vacuum. It doesn't bark at me. It doesn't try to sniff my butt. It, it makes a scary noise. I think you're making a big deal out of nothing, dog. I don't think it's anything to worry about. Oh, I was worried about this. It's vacuumed out your brain, Dana. What? Doug ran off, tearing through the neighborhood, barking and peeing in random places, which wouldn't be that uncommon. Instead, it was what he was barking. He wasn't barking, Oh, hey, P, 
peed peed on so and so's mailbox. It was nothing like that. It was instead doom, doom. The vacuum cleaners—they've come for us all. Dogs barked at the windows. Some of them sang, "Come on, Doug, that's ridiculous. I love my vacuum cleaner. It was so nice of H Man Ing to deliver this." No, no, doom, doom. Doug ran down, turned to the left, and ran right past a biohazard sign. A shipment of chocolate that was headed to the Doggy Research Institute downtown had hit one too many deep potholes and tipped over, spilling. The most toxic substance known to dog kind all over the road. It was melting and bathing the air with chocolate fumes. Most dogs in dog world hadn't even smelled chocolate because it was known as so dangerous. However, when Doug caught a whiff, he immediately wanted to eat it, all of it. He ran towards the chocolate, having no idea what it was. He had completely missed the sign, and bent over, prepared to lap it up. A couple blocks down, back at Doug's house, the green light on his vacuum cleaner illuminated. The vacuum cleaner zoomed down the street, performing. Parkour jumps over cars and passersby who were peeing on Doug's lawn. The vacuum cleaner continued to flip and slide and scurry around the neighborhood, heading quickly towards Doug. A moment before his tongue touched the chocolate, the vacuum cleaner zoomed into view. Scaring Doug, causing him to jump far back, more than far back enough for the vacuum cleaner to then zip forward again and suck up the chocolate. What are you doing? Stay away from me! Doug put two of his paws up in a makeshift cross. But the vacuum cleaner did not relent. It rolled forward and forward and forward and forward, and then past Doug and up to the biohazard sign. It then zoomed forward twice, tapping itself on the sign before turning off. Doug looked at the sign. Biohazard, chocolate spill, deadly. Do not eat. You will literally die. Oh, thank you. Did you, did 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 you just save me? Did did you just save me? Oh. Doug ran up to the vacuum cleaner and remembered the second note from H. Manning that he had torn up and the vacuum cleaner had sucked up. 
The note had said that the vacuum cleaner loved him. Doug decided that he too loved the vacuum cleaner, and he gave it some friendly licks. Some would say maybe even a few too many licks, but it was the least he could do. You're not out to get me. You're not evil. It's all okay. Suddenly, Doug's eyes snapped open. He was not a bipedal dog in a perpetual suit. No, he was just a normal chocolate lab curled up on a nice doggy bed. There was a man, a man he had never seen before, wearing large glasses that hugely inflated his eyes and holding a small pocket watch. Doug was in an office, an office littered with framed newsletters and medical degrees proclaiming this man the first doctor to successfully develop a method for hypnotizing dogs. There was even a Nobel Peace Prize in there from 2064. Doug looked to the left and he saw his human sitting there beaming. The man who had been crouching over Doug stood up. All right, there you have it. He is cured. No more fear of vacuum cleaners. Uh, are you sure? How do you know? How did I get my Nobel Peace Prize? Go ahead. I have a vacuum cleaner in that closet over there to my right. Whip it out. See how he reacts. Okay. Doug's owner opened the closet and pulled out a vacuum cleaner. They rolled it up to Doug. Okay. See, no reaction yet. Well, yes, but usually it's the sound of the vacuum cleaner. Usually when it's on, it freaks him out. He goes into barking fits. Well, then go ahead. Turn it on and see for yourself. Doug's owner pressed the on button on top of the vacuum cleaner. It verred on right next to Doug. But he did not so much as flinch. Doug laid there calm, cool, and collected as a doggy could be. His owner was in shock. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, of course, of course. Now, let's get him some treats, why don't we? The hypnotist and Doug's owner each pulled out a delicious doggy biscuit. Here, Doug. Here, boy. You're a good boy, Doug. Yeah, Doug, you're such a good boy. Doug beamed. He 
was a good boy. That concludes our adventure for today. Thank you for taking this journey through the crepuscular light adjacency. And remember, listen closely, and you just might not learn anything at all.